Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. School's back. Time of year's coming, which means maybe you, maybe somebody you know. Are you guys preparing out there for standardized tests? You know, those ones with the acronyms. ACT, SAT, GRE, GMAT, LSAT, MCAT. They sound scary. They don't have to be. Magoosh Online Test Prep provides everything you need to get a great score with plans starting at just $79. You get study schedules, practice questions, video lessons, and even support from expert tutors. Just visit magoosh.com, enter promo code BEAUTIFUL for a 20% off discount. That's M-A-G-O-O-S-H.com, promo code BEAUTIFUL. Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. Whether you need a portfolio to showcase your work, a store to sell your products and services, or a blog to share your ideas, Squarespace gives you everything you need to make your next move into a reality. Not to mention with Squarespace's beautifully designed templates and customizable features, creating a beautiful website is a simple, intuitive process. You just add and arrange your content with the click of a mouse. That's why I like it. I dig it. You get get to try stuff on that back end. It's really simple. I I use it, and I don't know how to code at all. It is easy, and it's fun. It's fun to kind of see the effects of the things you choose to do. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code CG to get 10% off your first purchase. That's CG, like me, Chris Gethard. Hello to everybody looking for an inspection sticker. Beautiful Anonymous. It's one hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. It's Chris Gethard here welcoming you to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Thanks for tuning in. This is, uh, what a joy, what a pleasure. My life has been so stressed out lately. So we're doing the Chris Gethard Show on True TV. And every week I get to sit down, put some headphones on, turn off my phone and just talk to a human being for an hour. And it's the best hour of my week. And I thank you guys for supporting it and allowing it to happen. A couple quick plugs to get out of the way. we got some live tapings. Denton, Texas, September 29th. As part of Fest, Gainesville, Florida, October 28th. Also some stand-up dates up there for uh, Woodstock Binghamton, Gainesville. Check those out, chrisgeth.com if you're interested. Also, don't want you guys mad at me if I don't, you know, uh, Career Suicide, which was my HBO special. We're putting out an album. Uh, there's only going to be a thousand copies on vinyl. Don Giovanni Records is the website uh, where you can get that. Those are the plugs. Things I wanted you guys to know about. We'll move on. Last week's episode, uh, Katie Couric was nice enough to stop by. Really loved it. Loved our talk. Uh, it turns out, here's the thing. I, you, you, uh, you beautiful and honest fans are uh, the, like the nice. I've met you. I went on the tour. I've met all of you. Such nice, thoughtful people. But man, do you hate deviations from the format? You just want some guy talking. That's what you want. It's very flattering. It's very flattering. Uh, a lot of people did say it was eye opening. A lot of people felt like, especially with Katie's um, background, having produced a documentary on uh, the trans community, that she had some very, some very like. Um, thoughtful, in-depth questions. Uh, a lot of you guys also just go, no guest host. You did it with Hannibal and Katie. That's okay. That's okay. I got to experiment. Got to spread my wings every now and then. 
and fly. Uh, this week's episode, very excited to bring it to you. I, I laughed pretty hard uh, at this one. You know, we've had some some uh, some intense ones, some political ones stand out lately. I think we can all say, all the fans of this, everybody in the Facebook group would agree, which, by the way, join Beautiful Anonymous, the community. We're coming up on 19,000 members. It's becoming an army, and I'd love if you were part of it. I think everybody would agree. Let's have some laughs with this one. Let's get a little, uh, at times, gross with this lovable ball-busting bartender that I had the privilege to know for an hour. This one is funny, weird, gross, all the things that I like when I'm looking to relax, let off some steam. So enjoy this one. Nothing heavy, nothing political, good times. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hey, Chris, what's up? Uh, Not much. Same old, same old. How about you? So, full disclosure, man. I just texted my boyfriend and I said, holy shit, I'm on hold to talk to Chris Gethard, but I had to piss so bad. Stop the Dunkin' Donuts. I'm totally peeing right now, man. You're... And I'm real sorry about it. Currently urinating. I'm right now. What's happening? Wow. I applaud you for owning up to it and not trying to hide it. Sometimes I, you ever play the creative mute game? Oh, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's where you absolutely do your business, and then you wait till the other person talks. Put your phone on mute, flush, and then hope I, that the flush yeah. is done before you have to speak again. Yeah, I just, I actually just played that on you guys when you were restarting the call, <laughs> and I was like, oh fuck, I can just. Get, sorry, Sally. I'm gonna actually right off the top. I'm gonna do a universal sorry, Sally. <laughs> I am. I have a mouth like a trucker. I don't even mean it. It just comes out that way. That's okay. We're just, you know what? We're just two friends pissing and cursing. Just two pals pissing, pissing and cursing. And cursing yeah. Although I'm going to recommend to you, you probably shouldn't piss being as you're sitting in the studio. Yeah. I'm I, at least on the toilet. Yes. I'm I'm not actively urinating right now like you are. I mean, if, yeah. I've got a one up on you already out the gate. At least I'm pissing on the toilet. Understood. And you mentioned, just for anybody listening, you mentioned we restarted the call. We had about, first 10 seconds, we had some tech difficulties. So we just... Uh... Okay. And you know what? I mean, that's during the flush, if we're going to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. That was during the flush. So that was like <laughs> karma for me. That uh-huh. gave me a solid time to flush and wipe. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe they heard your flush and they were like, oh, there's all kinds of crazy static on the line. Hold on. We better restart this. And what we never knew was well, that... Well, now it, I feel like it's sick. It's because you're peeing in a Dunkin' Donuts. I feel like it's sick. You don't have to feel bad. I'm making them up. Yeah. At least I wasn't taking a shit. I mean, wow. finished up real fast. You really go there. You know what, Chris? I have, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard it. Um, I have Crohn's disease. Mm. So, Brutal. yeah, talk Brutal. about crap. I mean, you know, you had a whole episode dedicated to someone taking crap. But, you know, it's poop talk. It's a real way of life in my family. Yeah. Many people's least favorite episode of Beautiful Anonymous uh, was the the poop talk. One. I felt like I connected with that guy. That's great. I was like, this this is awesome. That's great. I mean, my, I come from a, a real, real big family. Like, real big. I'm one of six girls. No boys. Wow. Six girls. And there's uh, do other people in your family got the Crohn's or no? No, no, but um, it was like, so I'm second oldest in line, and my mom would, like, make it a family conversation. People are not going to love this, just warning you now. But my mom would ask, like, oh, 
Have you oh. gone to the bathroom today? What looks like? We gotta bleep your name. Was, you said your name. Was, we're gonna bleep it. If we can flag the time code on that, we're gonna bleep the name. Oh, that's okay. I have probably the, one of the most common names in the United States. Fair, fair. Solid. <laughs> there's there's billions of my name, but yeah, she would she would try to talk to my family about whether I went to the bathroom and what it looked like, and it had to be a family discussion. <laughs> A real, it's a real struggle. Oh, I needed this at the end of a long week. I've had a long week, and this is exactly what I needed. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just trying to paint no. the picture. Imagine a full, a full table of six girls, a mom and dad. Where my mom's Puerto Rican and Italian, and my dad's Irish and Native American, and uh, and it was it was common dinner talk to talk about my bowel movements. Even if I had a boyfriend at the table, it didn't matter. It had to be known. Wow. I would have to imagine, too. I mean, yeah, like, I, every any family with uh, with multiple kids, there's a lot of fighting for bathroom time, let alone six kids. A lot of fighting, let alone, I would imagine, six girls, probably even more, just buying into the ger- gender stereotype on that one. You have Crohn's disease. You must have been, like, throwing haymakers to get in there. Yeah, but you know what? I pulled that, that card all the time. Yeah. Extra time to get ready in the morning. Sorry, I've got Crohn's. I just locked that door. And my mom was like, guys, leave her be. She's, you know, you know, it's difficult for her in there. I would just be sitting in there reading a Harry Potter book just for some time alone. And Crohn's, they wouldn't know, though. Well, I'm not exactly sure what Crohn's disease is. I know that sometimes people have to have surgeries where you get portions of your intestines removed because of it. And it seems really brutal. Yeah, I got diagnosed super, super young at seven. Seven years old, which is super, super uncommon. It's um, it's uh, an inflammation of your intestines. I have it in two separate parts of my intestines. And uh, what it is is you can't really break down or process food. So either I would eat a piece of celery and get super sick, lots of pains, and like, you know, crazy diarrhea with blood in it, or I would eat a cheeseburger and nothing would happen to me. It was really hit or miss for me. But um, I got diagnosed when I was really young, so uh, I'd be lying to you if I said I, I didn't use that to my advantage at all times. Yeah, you gotta. Sometimes you not, gotta. Not the sexiest disease, I'll tell you that. Yeah. You still on that Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah. I'm, I'm chilling in the parking lot. You know, don't want to don't want to text and drive. It's real strict in my state. Mm-hmm. Can't can't uh, text or be on the phone while you're driving. That's nice. You pulled over. Now, I would do you do you buy something when you use it? Because you probably had to have a lot of emergency bathroom stops. Do you buy something at the Dunkin' Donuts, or do you just every, run in every time? You do every time. I know every time. I'm such a guilty. I'm a bartender, and um, I'm a 30 year old bartender, and I have the guilt. The guilt is probably that Catholic guilt that you talk about all the time. People look at me, and I don't want to be that person that they're like. Hey, bathrooms are just for customers. I don't know if that's ever happened in the history of the world, but I also don't want to be that first person that it happens to. I get it. And everybody, I, my roommate, one of my best friends in the world, we lived together for eight years. We, uh, he, was, he was a server, and he, always, he had a fear, anybody in the service industry. He was an over-tipper. He was like, this is part of the deal, man. Oh, that's neat. I the, just got a bottle of water. It was $4, and I gave her a $4 tip. Just felt so bad. You gave someone a one hundred percent tip on a bottle of water. I know. I know. I do it all the time. I don't know what it is. 
I think it's because if I get a good tip, I know how much it changes my whole day. I could just have like the shittiest day, dude. And then someone gives me, you know, just like a 35, 40% tip. And I'm like, wow, what you a great day. 100. Well, you know, maybe that's four bucks. I don't usually I don't know. even tip on a bottle of water. Let alone 100%. I really don't know that you're supposed to, but I felt I don't know. Like, she smiled. She seemed to really enjoy it. So that was good for me. I guess. So you gave her $4 on top of $4 for a product that generally you don't tip on. 100%. It's, it's almost embarrassing to say out loud <laughs> now that I'm admitting it. I like I mean, you. I like you. I just think, man, I like you too. I like but I just, vibe. You know, it made her day. I tell it made her day. And That's that made right. my day. And I also had to piss so bad. So it was like, let me give her this four bucks. She's going to smile, and I'm going to go run to that bathroom right now. Now, you mentioned your Catholic guilt is sometimes drives a yeah. lot of this. You also mentioned your background. You've got multiple branches of the family from traditional Catholic backgrounds, huh? We're just killing it in the Roman Catholic industry, yeah. Yeah, because I know Irish and, Irish and Italian for sure, traditional Roman Catholics. I believe Puerto Rico is generally Catholic. Yeah. Well, my part is, okay, so this is. This is where I get real interesting, Chris. So my mom's father was from Italy. He was 100% Roman Catholic. My mother's mother passed away when my mom was real young. The grandmother that I knew was also 100% Puerto Rican. My grandfather apparently had a type. And she practices Santeria. You know what that is? Like, uh, isn't, isn't that a, I don't want to, this may be a phrase that's like a catch all. That's not fair, but isn't it known sort of as like almost a form of of voodoo? Yes, it's exactly what it is. And it's crazy. Wait, so you're, it's crazy. Your step grandmother is a Santeria practitioner. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And if you saw me, you'd be like, there's not an ounce of Puerto Rican in that girl. I've got blonde hair and blue eyes. I'm five foot eight. You would never think there's any Puerto Rican in me, but the minute you meet my grandmother, you're like, wow, she's crazy. I mean, she she believes that rocks and, you know, the earth can talk to her. She has a spirit guide. She doesn't sleep on her back because she's afraid that her spirit will travel to other places when she's sleeping. It's real. Does she participate in ceremonies? Oh, yeah. She she was pretty high up there in her heyday. She was She was up there. They've got this weird thing where you can only wear white for a year. Like your linens, your clothes, everything, your sheets, everything has to be completely white. I don't know if that's like when you're coming into the religion or what it was, but my grandfather, towards the end of his life, he um, started practicing this religion with her, and he had an entire year where he only wore white. The sheets had to be white, like his blankets had to be white, and they have all these different bead necklaces that like depict where you are in the religion. And did you ever attend? Did you ever attend any of the ceremonies? Oh, hell no. My mother would not have any of that. But my grandmother did, um, when she would stay over, I'll never forget this for as long as I live. One of my best friends growing up was over. We were probably 11 or 12 years old. And my grandmother had brought one of her Santeria friends up from um, where she lived and in the city. So we live about an hour from the city that we're in. And so she came up and her and her friend were in the living room. And my grandfather had passed away a couple of years before in the house that I grew up in, in the bed. And, you know, it was very peaceful, very, you know, just witness sleep. Well, my grandmother and her friend came and apparently there were other 
spirits in the house that they wanted to cleanse from the house. And I, here I am coming home from soccer practice with this girl like, yeah, we're going to have a sleepover. It's the weekend. And there's my grandmother and some lady invoking spirits in the middle of the living room. And my mom is just chilling on the kitchen table, just drinking coffee, flipping through the paper like, yeah, your grandmother's in there doing some some real weird voodoo shit. Just don't go in there for a couple hours. What I was like, are you talking about? What are I'm you even serious. talking about? What are you talking about? This is the I best. wish I was crying. It is Friday. It is five thirty PM. I've had such a long week I and know. I re- I cannot ask for better than this. Oh my god, you're my you're know, my so, favorite. I'm sorry. I know it sounds so crazy, but I mean I have a like if any of my friends listen to this video or listen to this podcast, they're gonna be like, Oh my gosh, I know exactly. <laughs> who she is and who she's talking about. I mean, my grandmother's the best. Don't get me wrong. She's so cool. She like jokes with us, but this is real. She really had this lady just like invoking spirits. And she was sitting in my mom's rocking chair, just like convulsing, talking in tongues. And in, I walk in my shin guards, all sweaty and grasping with my best friend at the time. Not over. All we want to do is watch boy meets world and eat fucking chocolate chip cookies. And there's my grandmother. Having a seance in my living room. What does your friend say? She had met my grandmother before, so she was, <laughs> luckily, she had met her before, and she was kind of chill with it, and she was like, oh, man, Grandma Carmen's up. But, you know, there's that moment where you're like, she probably was like, I don't want to sleep here. I don't feel safe. This is not good. What? But she stuck it up. She was a trooper. She was a trooper. <laughs> so you got a grandma... Practices Santeria, largely underground yeah. religion, underground folk religion. Real creepy, real creepy. And then, so that's your Italian side and your Puerto Rican side. You got Irish and Native yep. American. I do. And I wish that we could say that we weren't as stereotypical on that end, but we are. How? We drank. My dad, I mean, he smoked pot probably every day of my life and I didn't realize it until I was like 15 years old. Really? He's just riding the American train. He's riding the what train? The Native American thing. He was just riding it in. He was like, nope, this is what we do. How, we smoke pot every day. How in touch is your family with your Native American culture? So my mom, who's not Native American, my parents are divorced and um, they stayed best friends. They got married really young because my mom got pregnant with me when they were in high school and they got myself and another sister and um, they divorced because they were like, we got married really young. My Italian grandfather was like, if you don't marry her, I'll make you disappear. So my dad was like, all right, sweet, let's do this. Wait, was that an idle threat? Was your your grandfather someone who had the capability of doing that? 100%. He had a garage in the South... um, part of our city. I mean, I'm not going to give it away, even though I, you guys are going to bleep my name, but he had a garage in the South Bronx that was a car garage and a car never went into that thing. Like you, you went in there, there was just dudes playing cards and people hanging out. A car never went in there. You could buy an inspection sticker though. You didn't have to bring your car. You could just buy an inspection sticker. So your grandfather may have had some associations with the mafia. Your grandmother is a sensory priestess. And now My you're walking. Yeah. And now what's going on with the other side of your family? 
my dad, he's just, you know, he's a, he's a chill dude. He just smokes a lot of weed, just lets it happen. But we're, uh, like I said, we're massive families. So my parents divorced, stayed best friends. It's going to get real confusing from here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know, buckle up. <laughs> parents divorced. So it's me and my sister from my mom and my dad. And then my mother remarried, had a daughter, and he had a daughter from a previous marriage. And my father remarried, and they had two girls. So that's where the six comes in, six girls total. Well, parents are best friends. We've done every holiday together. My dad actually lived with my mom and stepdad for about two years while he was looking for somewhere to live. We're real weird. So not all of your five sisters are full-blood sisters. Some of them are half-sisters. Some of them are stepsisters. Yeah, there's one step, and um, the rest of us are half. I have one full-blood sister. Well, you are. You are. But you would never know it. We do every holiday together. We do every every Christmas, every Thanksgiving, every birthday, everything. It's all been done together as one real weird Walton-Brady Bunch group. Now, how did your stepdad feel when your dad was living with you for two years? He's the one that invited him. He said, hey, the kids have all moved out. We've got an extra bedroom. Come stay with us and save some money. They're best friends. Wow. On the weekend, they go downstairs and they work on cars together. Yeah, it's hysterical. The UPS guy will show up. And my mom never changed her name after she um, divorced my father because she had us. And she just never ended up changing her name. And the UPS guy will be like, oh, are you, are you Mr. So-and-so with my father's last name and my dad was like, oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm here to fix your, you know, your wife's story. He's like, oh, no, no, that's, that's my wife's new husband. I'm the ex-husband. I also live here. You've got to see the look on his face, that poor guy. He's lost. He's like, what do you mean you live with your husband and your ex-husband? <laughs> and we're not Mormons, so definitely frowned upon in the Catholic religion. I don't know what they're thinking, but it works. That's that's a little background of my family. That's about uh, what would you ask you? What would you even ask about? I don't even know what to ask you. I'm gonna take a break right there. Every once in a while, you confuse a UPS guy. And hey, what do UPS guys do? They come to your house to drop off products that you buy. And amazingly enough, we have some advertisers, sponsors that sell things that you can check out and use the promo codes. Beautiful Anonymous, it really helps. We'll be back with more phone call right after this. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Finding great talent can be tough. Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anybody else. That's why ZipRecruiter's different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. There's no juggling emails, no calls to your office. You just screen, rate, manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right. 
free. You go to ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. One more time. You want to try it free? Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. Whatever your next big idea might be, count on Squarespace to help you create an eye-catching online platform that brings it to life. Whether you need a portfolio to showcase your work or a store to sell products and services, a blog to share your ideas, whatever you need, Squarespace is there for you. They give you everything you need to look like an expert right from the start. You can even get a unique domain. That strengthens your brand, baby. Strengthen that brand. Makes it easier for visitors to find you. Squarespace really hooks you up with all the stuff you need. They've got award-winning templates. You can create a beautiful website with those. That makes it so simple, so intuitive. You can also add and arrange your content features with the click of a mouse. There's nothing to install or patch or upgrade ever. It's part of why I dig it. I don't know how to do any of that stuff, but Squarespace makes it very easy. Though, if you do have a question, Squarespace has award-winning 24-7 customer support. I'll help you with any problem. It doesn't matter if it seems trivial to you or technical or whatever. That's your own personal IT department. That's how you can think about them. So make your next move. Start your free trial at squarespace.com today. Enter offer code CG to get 10% off your first purchase. Again, that is CG, like my name, Chris Gethard. 10% off squarespace.com. Thanks again to all the sponsors who helped me bring this show to the world for free. Now let's get back to the phone call. What would you ask you? What would you even ask about? I don't even know what to ask you. Oh, no. I don't know. What would you ask me? I mean, let me ask you. Why was your week so rough? No one ever asks you. I'm going to ask you. Why was your week so rough? It was, uh... The show was great this week. Oh, thanks. I'll give that to you. You watched the show. The show was great this week. With the big ice tub. You watched the show. Yeah, I got dipped in an ice good, tub. Um, let's see. Uh, it was, no, you know, it was a really good week. I felt really good. I have a blessed life. I I fell into a little bit of a depression yesterday and kind of hit out in my own. No one knows. I'm telling you this, and the whole podcast audience here is no one at the Chris Together Show knows this. I locked myself in my office because I was like, man, we got to do a show tonight, and I don't know how I'm going to do it, and I don't want all these people, like, worried and freaked out. So I just kind of spent my whole day in my office scared and then spent my night getting dangled by a rope into an ice bucket. It was a weird day. I was just going to say, not the best way, I think, to deal with that situation. It it came out well on camera, though. I'll give you that. That's good. And look, I got my problems. I fight through them. They come and they go. But at the end of the day, I got this job. I fought for it. There's about 50 people whose jobs depend on me keeping my head on straight, and that's a great motivator. I love it, dude. I mean, good for you. I mean, I I really do. I respect you for all that you do for mental health. I mean, I'm real blessed. I've really never dealt with depression, anxiety, but you know, my sisters have. Two of my sisters have both uh, had to deal with depression. One of them was in and out of a hospital for suicide attempts. So I really I appreciate what you do. You're awesome, dude. That's super nice. I'm sorry your sister dealt with that. Happy to help in any small way. Yeah. Well, I mean. I'm sure you can tell just from our interaction, we're pretty, we're pretty rough on each other. We're a pretty sarcastic family, and you know, we we're like we're always there for each other. But we're the first one to make a joke if we can find it, we do it. And we used to mess with her so bad, yeah, so bad. Now here's I want to know when how serious are we? So your grandfather ran a shady garage. You could get an inspection sticker yeah. without bringing your car in. Is he a low level guy? Is he high up in this chain? Is he uh? Is he, is, you know, is he like a neighborhood know, hustler? I, I don't think he was a neighborhood hustler. I can't get my mom to like really give me the, the deets on the situation. 
But when my sister and I were little, we used to go on Sundays. We'd go to shop, right? And we'd go grocery shopping. I used to think he was so cool because he would let us open the ice cream sandwiches in the store and eat them before we paid for them. I'd be like, wow, look at us. Ballers. We're great. And we went to a shop right one Sunday, and he put his blinker on. He always had a new Lincoln Town car. Like, every year or two, he got a brand-new black Lincoln Town car. And he put his blinker on, and some guy came flying in and took his parking spot. And my grandfather wore a suit every day of his life, got out of the car, got a bat out of the trunk, and just busted this guy's window out, his back window. Just busted his window out with a bat, got in the car, took another parking spot like it was nothing. And my sister and I were like, what? the hell was that and we were young i was probably like six or seven and i just remember thinking like wow poppy's a beast like nobody messes with poppy <laughs> and so i mean poppy's he must have had the ad that that wasn't his first that wasn't his first go round with busting windows out so poppy's a beast <laughs> he was a beast we called my grandfather poppy as well my mom's dead it's a, i feel like it's a good grandpa seems a little boring yeah. Grandpa's like the guy grumpy sits on the couch and yells at you while he, you know, if you come in the room or make any noise. Yeah. All right, Grandpa. Oh, grandpa. It's like, hey, all right, Grandpa. Quiet right. down, Grandpa. You got that. Nah, you got Poppy. You look at him the wrong way, he'll yeah, smash Poppy. your fucking windows out. <laughs> I'm real glad. I've said this a lot. I mean, I'm real glad that Poppy wasn't around during my dating years. Why? What happened? I think there would have been some dead. What happened with your dating years? Well, I mean, I don't think anything really happened. I mean, I was definitely, I had this, the high school serious boyfriend that everyone has a couple years older. He was in a band, so I thought he was real cool. He wasn't real cool, but I thought he was real cool. Yeah. How long did you date this guy? And then four years, I think. Four years. Wow. Lost my virginity to him the whole bit, the whole shebang. I don't want to get too graphic or gross. Dating people when you got Crohn's disease, that's not easy, huh? Oh, Chris, I could tell, if you will allow me, I can tell you a story that I think will make your week just disappear, but it is a little graphic. I a little graphic. am into it. Oh, man, I'm, I'm actually getting a little pumped up in my car right now to tell you this. Okay, <laughs> so I, uh, I've been with my current boyfriend right now for eight years he is a golf pro so i mean he's a what? real fun cool guy what yeah. everything but you say day, everything you say throws me for a loop you're dating a golf pro dating a golf pro dude he's a real chill guy he's real sweet he's quiet he's a ginger i got myself a ginger he doesn't have a soul but that's all right hey cool hey we got sauce. Well, we uh, I when I drink a lot, which I tend to do, you know, I'm a bartender. It comes with the territory. I I think that I'm, I think I turn into a porn star. That's what I think. So we live about an hour from where everything is in our town, and I'm hammered. We went out drinking with our friends. I am so drunk, and he's driving me home to our house. And I am just, as you start, I'm stripping all my clothes off, just getting completely naked. And I'm trying to attack him while he's driving. He's like, calm, calm your tits, young lady. Like, I'm driving. I got to get us home safe. Well, I convince him to pull over in this park that's firehouse. 
It's not a dog park. It's just a park. It's a nice park for children. It's the middle of the night. And I'm like, let's just defile this car in this child's park. Well, we roll the windows down. It's a hot summer night. And start to go at it in the car. And I'm like, oh, my God. It smells like dog shit. Like, we, this is disgusting. I cannot, I cannot have sex here. This is absolutely disgusting. And he was like, yeah, this is fucking gross. Let's go. And we're about 10 minutes from home. We go home. I stumble up the stairs. He puts me to bed. I'm still completely naked. Stumbles to bed. In the morning, he wakes up. He's going to borrow my car. He's giving one of my bar regulars a golf lesson. Got in the car. Well, this is where it gets rough, Chris. Apparently, in my drunken stupor, I had sharded on the seat. That smell was not dog shit. That was me. He was so disgusting. And he came running up the stairs, and he was like, I'm still drunk asleep. And he comes running in the room. He says, I don't give a fuck what I do to you. You cannot ever break up with me. You are so disgusting. You shit all over the sea last night. That is what the fucking smell was. And I have no idea. You know, like I didn't know. But with Crohn's disease, unfortunately, you can never trust a fart. And that is like his favorite blackmail go-to story for our sex life. Wow. I'm going to estimate Uh, roughly two-thirds of our regular listeners have turned this episode off. 100% don't blame them because it is mortifying slash hilarious. And what made matters worse is I was like, there is no way. And he said, I am not stepping forward in that car. You need to go clean your car. So not only am I in, like, the lowest low of a female's life, but now I have to go clean my own mess from my own car. Knowing damn well he can hold us above my head for eight years. And he has. Don't think he hasn't. No. It's there. He knows it. Wait, did you walk naked from the car to your bed? Did you walk across the front lawn naked? I did, Chris. And the, the worst part is I did. And who knows what I looked like from behind. Thank God he was in front of me when we were walking. So I'm one of your fine, neighbors... If one of your neighbors happened to glance out the window, they would have seen a golf pro walking across the front lawn and then a naked lady with her bum covered in poo strolling behind. I mean, I wish that visual wasn't so accurate to my life, but it is. It is. It is, dude. It's unfortunate. I mean, that's that. I'm sure there's people out there with Crohn's disease right now. They're like, girl, I feel you. I've been there. It's rough. So if you have Crohn's disease, every time you drink, you're playing the lottery, it sounds like. I mean, every time I eat, I'm playing the lottery. Drinking is just like an added bonus. Like, let's see. It's like playing the extra play on Powerball. Like, you know... Something bad's going to happen, and it it usually does. I mean, I'm real lucky. I've been pretty good for two years, and I haven't had to have any major surgeries. Um, I've kind of found a little bit of a hippie, holistic way to treat my illness, and it's worked really well for me. But uh, What is it? Maybe there's some other people listening who want to know about this hippie, holistic treatment. There's a real big study right now on gut health, and you know, 
it's real funny, Chris, because I commented in the Facebook group a long time ago when I first joined it about you and, you know, always needing emergency bathroom. I said, Chris, you need to look into gut health and how it affects your, your digestive system. But, you know, just keeping a healthy gut, taking probiotics, mm-hmm. um, it really does make a difference. Mm-hmm. Believe have, it or not. Have you ever Don't looked into a, a fecal transplant? Are you familiar with the world of fecal transplants? I am. And just hearing you say that is like, it makes your butthole pucker. Like, I can't even imagine doing that. I can't. I just can't. Like, my shit's bad enough. I've had to literally clean it up myself. I don't want to have to ever shit again and think this is someone else's shit inside of me. I don't think I could do it, man. Well, let me explain. For anybody who doesn't know, there's there's studies. And from what I hear, this is like um, a a lot of people, I, I don't know how much this is actual, like, medical world has given this a, a total thumbs up, but I believe they have. There's now a world of medicine where if you are sick, a lot of times this means you you don't necessarily have the right balance of uh, like enzymes, bacteria, things like that. So your fecal matter, you can have another person's fecal matter placed into you and that the enzymes yeah. and bacteria of their fecal matter will then spread throughout your digestive system and normalize it because the presence of someone else's healthier fecal matter has now been transplanted into you. Would you do it? I know you have stomach issues. Would you do it? No, I just eat bad. I've seen it, man, but you wouldn't do it, right? No, well, I don't have to. I'm not in a world where it would have medical benefit. If I was doing it, I'd be opting into it. When I have medical, when I have my stomach stuff, it gets bad. I'm like, okay, I got to stop. I got to stop with the anxiety and I got to maybe eat some less cheese, less dairy. Yeah, but what if someone was like, hey, you'll never have anxiety again. If we put someone else's poo into your poo chute, what I, would you say? I'd seriously consider it. I would honestly you consider would you it. Would really? Yeah, I've had oh, a colonic. Yeah. I've had a colonic. That's just water. It's just a colonic with someone else's poo. <laughs> oh, man, we're, we're really <laughs> pissing off a lot of people right now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you... I'm going to predict that at this point in the conversation, you yourself are the only one listening back to this podcast by now. Literally, everyone else has turned it up. That was one of the joyful situations in my life where I hear myself going through a sentence passionately and realize what I'm saying. It's just a colonic with someone else's poo. (laughs) It's a thing you made me say out loud. I'm real sorry, man. I mean, welcome to my world. So good. I feel good that someone else is with me right now. If it's just you and me, baby, it's just us. Let's do it. You're That's the it. best. You're like the most fun person, huh? Are you the life of the party all the time? Um. Well, let's be honest. I like to think I am. I'm probably not sometimes, but I like to think I am. <laughs> I like to have fun. I think that anything worth doing, you need to have fun. I mean, that's why I'm still a 30-year-old bartender. I love it. Despite having a degree, I'm having a great time. Yeah. I love it. I love people. I love hanging out with people. How long have you been a bartender? Oh, a long time. I started when I was 16. 16? Is that legal? Which is illegal in the state, but no, that's completely illegal. 100% illegal. But I did you, it anyway. How did you come to be hired as a bartender when you were 16? Who are the people buying drinks of a 16-year-old? Um... I was a beer cart girl at a country club and, um, well, a beverage cart girl. 
they didn't have a liquor license, but I could still bring beer out on the cart if I wanted to because no one really cared. It was a small golf course. And the bartender called out, and the guy was like, hey, there's a – it was – I'm not kidding you. It was like a bartender for dummies book behind the bar. But, you know, at the golf course, they're not – they're not drinking complicated drinks. It was pop open a beer and pour a Jack and Coke and I was good to go. And so I did that for like a year and a half. And then, um, <laughs> I've just bartended ever since at various places. Now it sounds like if it's you started, if you started at country clubs, are you, I would, it sounds like maybe you're in like the classy end of this. Like uh, you're not in the places where you see like bottles getting smashed over people's heads and stuff. Well, I bartended in a club where that happened on the reg. A guy threw a Budweiser bottle at my head because uh, I gave him his tab, and he said that his credit card wasn't the color it was when I gave it to him. That when he gave me his tab, his credit card was a different color, and I had somehow changed the color in the course of the evening, and he threw a Budweiser bottle at my head. With your Santeria. You did it with your Santeria. You did it with your voodoo. It's not my Santeria. Chris, don't put that shit on me. (laughs) Grandma's. Grandma shit. Not mine. What's the, what's the, uh, like, what's the, what's, the, what have you seen in a bar? What's, what would blow my mind? What's the most mind blowing thing you've seen go down? Mind blowing, like, how? Like, I've seen some real gross shit and I've seen some crazy shit. You tell me. If you could only tell me one thing from your 14 years as a bartender, what's the story that, that really blows, that really blows me away? All right. So I bartended the same club where the guy threw his, beer bottle at me there was a period of time in like the you know like 2007 to 2000 i would say 12 or 13 where you'd go to bars and live music was the big thing bands were always playing it was before edm got really popular and people always went out to see bands on the weekend they were always cover bands but people went out to see them and this club that i worked at held a lot of people and so it was my night off and another girl that's a good friend of mine and i we were off and we went to a bar at a different uh, part of the town that we live in. I was That bar was along the waterfront. And the people there were, like, really pretentious. And, like, everybody's drinking martinis. And we are like, yeah, this is definitely not our style. So we went back to the bar that we work at on our night off. And the girl I was with, she was pretty drunk. And she walked alongside the bar. And she had a vodka cranberry and knocked into someone and spilled a little bit on the girl's jeans. And she... The, girl who got vodka cranberry in her jeans was livid, absolutely livid. So my friend came and got me and she was like, listen, this girl is so pissed right now, but I'm way too drunk to deal with it. Can you go talk to them? So I went over, it was a boyfriend and a girlfriend sitting down and I said, hey, I work here and I'm really sorry that happened. She is really drunk. I have a tab open, any drinks that you want for the rest of the night, just let the bartender know. And the, you know, the bartender is a friend of mine. And I showed them and I said, these guys, whatever drinks they want, just put on my tab just to try and, you know, ease the situation. You know how drunk people can be and and they just weren't having it and all of a sudden the girl took her drink and just threw it in my face and I was I was still trying to be the mediator and I said listen I work here if a bouncer saw you do that they would kick you out and lucky for me her drink was not that full well the, the drunk friend saw this happen and she just came claws flying at this girl's face and the boyfriend stood up and I got snookied Chris he punched me in the face you got snookied Oof, did you go down? It was, I, you know what? I've got a little bit of pride here, Chris. I was wearing heels and I held my own. And he was so drunk that when I hit him, I barely touched him and he went down. So I looked real cool. 
You didn't mention. I like that you didn't even mention that. You said you got punched in the face. You let me do a follow up, and then you happened to mention that you boogie hooked this dude and put him on his ass. Well, I, you know, that's not the best part of the story, but the part. I mean, I got snookied in my own bar, and the bouncers at this bar were just massive, massive dudes, and they saw it happen, and it was just game over for that guy. I don't even know what happened to him, but that was probably it. it, The whole thing just erupted in a brawl. But imagine. About 10 six-foot-five black dudes just taking a skinny white dude to a basement of a club that never to, never to be seen for the rest of the night. Sure did not go well for him. But that was probably my craziest experience in the bar that I worked at. Easily. I had a feeling when I asked you what's the craziest thing you've seen in a bar, you would have had a story. It was going to involve Exactly like that. Oh, man. Sorry, I'm so predictable. No, you're not. Don't oh. play, don't play game. Don't play that game. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to play. I just felt predictable in that moment. How does one come to date a professional athlete? Um, I bartend at. I've been bartending at an Outback Steakhouse for a really long time, and uh, I'm only there a couple days a week. But I met him there. Outback at Steakhouse. The old Outback. Outback Steakhouse. That's <laughs> where all the dreams come true, baby. Hold on, Disneyland exchange. <laughs> Hold on, everything I ask you about. So, okay, you got a Catholic background, yeah, but it's actually Santeria because I had this grandma and she would bring her friends over and they do these ceremonies in my house. Okay, cool. What about the other side of your family? Well, my Native American father and my mother divorced, and he smokes all this weed, and then they lived together for two years, this and that. Okay, what about your work life? Well, bar brawls, this and that. What? Okay, personal life. Well, I shit my pants, and da, 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 da. okay, but how did you make? How did you come to date a professional athlete? Outback Steakhouse. You just wrote my autobiography. It sounded great. Well, if it I wrote beautiful. it, it's not an autobiography. It's a biography. <laughs> biography. You're right. You're right. You win. You win. You win. Now you start um, giving I, simple I, answers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wish it was cooler. Outback. I wish it was cooler. Now, was he pro I when know. you started dating eight years ago? Outback Steakhouse. Didn't see that one coming. A commercial enterprise like Outback Steakhouse. You know what else are commercial enterprises? Are the many fine sponsors that we have. They bring products, services. I hope you enjoy them. After this, we'll be back. We'll finish off this phone call. I was talking with my wife just the other day, about two days ago. I said, you know, I think the post office in our neighborhood, it's okay for a post office. And she said, listen to yourself. It's okay for a post office. No. That's why I love stamps.com. My wife has become a huge supporter of stamps.com, as have I. And she immediately was like, no, no post office. Stamps.com changed my life. I've mentioned it on the show before. She has a band. She constantly has to send out merch, t-shirts, records, everything. Stamps.com, game changer. Anything you can do at the post office, you can do it right from your desk with Stamps.com. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package using your own computer and printer. And unlike the post office, Stamps.com, it never closes. You can get the postage when you need it, 24-7. Not one of these situations, you realize you need a stamp, you run down there, and oh, they're not open for four days for some reason. I love it. I've mentioned this a million times. It's made my life easier, my wife's life easier. Everybody knows I love my wife, love seeing my wife happy. Stamps.com has made her happy. 
personal recommendation. It gets it from me. Right now, use my code BEAUTIFUL for a special offer. You get a four-week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in BEAUTIFUL. That's stamps.com. Enter code BEAUTIFUL, stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Thanks again to all of our sponsors who help us bring this show to the world for free. And if you guys are interested, check those things out. Use the promo codes. It helps Beautiful Anonymous. And now, let's finish our phone call. Now you start um, giving I, simple I, I, answers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wish it was cooler. Oh, thanks. I wish it was cooler. Now, was he pro I when know. you started dating eight years ago? He was um, working at a golf course. He was living in Miami at the time, working at a golf course. He's not like on the PGA tour. We're not, I'm not banging Jordan Spieth here, but uh, he's um, a golf pro. So he's a, a teaching pro. He's a professional golf teacher and he plays on some bigger events, but um, you know, I'm not, this is no Rory McIlroy situation. Wish it was, but it's not. <laughs> you know, McIlroy. That's that's cool. So he makes his living in that world, but he's not somebody that we know. If you're if you're a golf fan who watches TV, this is this is this is not exactly. somebody. Exactly. That's cool. Exactly. That's a pretty cool way to make your yeah. living. I guess. I mean, for me, golf is cool. You can play nine holes, drink some beer, be outside. It's much more serious for him. I don't envy what he does. It's probably one of that and tennis. It's the only professional sports where if you don't win, you don't make money. You don't don't just make money for showing up. You've got to actually win. Yeah. And I I would also imagine, too, if he's a teaching pro, you're dealing with a lot. If if people are coming to a pro for teaching, your people probably, there's some potential there. There's some pressure there. It's also a sport that I think is known more for being uh, the wealthy, the elite. He must must be getting yelled at. He must be getting yelled at. High-pressure situations. Yeah. Yeah. He's also met some really cool people through it, though. I mean, he, he's met quite a few people that are really cool, really chill. But, you know, golf is a, an expensive sport. So I, I really don't envy what he does. I respect it highly. I don't envy what he does. We couldn't be more opposite in the jobs that we have, which is probably real good for the relationship. But, you know, like his personality is made for golf. He's real laid back. He's real chill. You know, he's. He's calm, he's patient, and I'm the complete opposite, so it works out. Yeah, you balance. You You need a yang. You definitely, you're a yin, and you need a yang. Oh, I do need a yang. For sure, I need a yang. And we've been together eight years. We're in no rush to get married. We're riding the, we're living in sin, just, just hanging that out. But Did he move from Miami to come be with you? He's from New York originally with me. Um went to school in Miami, lived there for a while. He moved back from Miami to New York to be with me. Got it. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, made me feel cool at the time. Yeah, I bet. That's what every girl guy to move across the country for. Yeah, golf pro. Who knew? That guy liked Bloomin' Onions and instead he found Bloomin' Love. Man, you know, that's it's, I really wish that I could come up with something better, but it was literally sitting at the bar of the Outback when I met him. I nailed that, by the way. I nailed that. Bloom. You did. Blooming Love was good. Blooming Onion Joke. I want joke. to talk to corporate, see if we can't get you some sponsorship. <laughs> I'd love these. Uh, I would love to read some Outback Steakhouse ads here on Beautiful Anonymous. I'd love that.
I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I can do. I'll see what I can do for you. Especially from the girl with Crohn's disease who literally should not eat anything and outback steakhouse. She's What's the most what she you can't eat spicy food, right? You're sp- the spiciest food you're eating is mashed potatoes. You can't eat, touch that stuff. I mean, I can do some seasoning now. Um, I love the taste of spicy food, but it's like really, really, you have to think to yourself before you eat something. Like how much of your next 12 hours are you going to commit to the bathroom? Yeah. Like maybe if I'm Netflix binging a show, I could be like, yeah, let's do this. What Are there any particular cool cuisines enough. that are just your enemy? Are there any, like, any different cuisines that that's... Off limits. Oh my god! Any type of hot sauce, like any type of hot sauce, and I love it. I love wings. Any type of hot sauce, ice cream, which is like probably my favorite food group of all food groups. Ice cream is not a food group. Ice cream is. It is for me. It is when you can't have it from seven years old to thirty. You make it a food group, Chris. Did you have to eat tofuti? Oh hell no. There's a kid in my I'm neighborhood. Sure I should, but I don't. Kid in my neighborhood is lactose tofu. intolerant. He always had to eat tofu, tofu ice cream. That's terrible. That sounds embarrassing. Yeah, it's not the best thing to be the kid who shows up at the party with the tofu. So that's not the best thing. I was thing. just going to say that, Chris. I was going to say you don't want to be the kid that shows up at the freaking birthday party yeah. and the mom's like, here's his bran muffin when everyone else is eating cake. Here's his bran muffin and his, you know, alkaline water yeah. because he can't have tap water. Everybody. Whatever the hell it is. Everybody else is doing. Uh, everybody else has got their Carvel cake going. Everybody else got the Carvel cake going, and then well, oh, let me bust you out your own separate thing because that's what every kid wants to feel is different. Different, completely at a birthday party. That kid probably has a terrible haircut. Hands nah, down, he had a pretty good. So his haircut. mom gave him some terrible haircut. I don't remember his haircut being particularly bad. You're being kind, I think. You're being kind. <laughs> well, we were all North Jersey um, blue-collar people in the 80s. It's not like any of us were walking around with uh, well-designed haircuts. I had a mullet. I had a okay. mullet in fifth grade. You should be proud of that. I'm not. Don't you feel like in New York, if you spot a mullet, you're like, wow. No matter what the person looks like, nothing else matters about that person that they have a mullet, and you feel some kind of kinship, you're like, Good for that dude. He's got a mullet. Yeah, you never see him in the wild anymore. You never see him. You see him yeah, ironically when you sometimes. Spot them, it's a rhinoc- It's a white rhinoceros of the haircut. <laughs> you see it. It's a, it's a sight to behold. <laughs> and you have to document it, so you have to take a picture of it. Absolutely. We got about 15 minutes left, me and you. 15 minutes, Chris. Well, we've talked about my bowel movements for about 50 of them, so... Yeah, we have to. Now that we have that. no more listeners left, we could probably talk about whatever we want. No one else is listening but us, though. So. Well, you tell me. It's your time. What else would what, what else would you like to discuss? We've gone over so many things. So many things. I was actually talking to the the dude that picks up the phone while you're on hold, and I was telling him, like, you know, I'm sure you can relate being in stand up comedy, but there's you know such a stigma right now. You know, you go to college and every you graduate sure you with your American studies degree, but everyone says, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to get a real job? And my bartending job honestly makes more money for me than my friend's real job that they have. And they hate their lives because they have no free time. And I'm, you know, done with work by 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And I'm making more money than some of my friends. And I just, 
I think it's very strange that people just have that. I think it's more my generation. I'm 30 that everyone's like, you need that real job. There are no real jobs for us anymore, especially the ones we went to school for. So why not bartend? Especially if you live in the city, which I don't live in the city, but if you live in a city and you can bartend, I mean, you're easily making 60, 70 grand a year. Easily. A decent chunk of change. Especially for a bartender. So you're encouraging people to not... You're you're encouraging people screw screw a real job, job chase your happiness chase your happiness find what's right for you absolutely I'm an experiences person not a things person no wait that's the reason I've been my boyfriend for eight years and we're not married we're not we're not gonna you know I mean your wedding sounded real cool but I'm not gonna drop fifty grand for one day of my life like what yes. is the point that was a crazy amount of money for one weekend of my life. I don't even like to think about it. Me and my wife, literally, me and my wife, when we our wedding was over, we honestly had a conversation that was like, let's never ever look at the receipts from any of that. Let's never add that up. Oh, I don't. I can't even think about like I can't even fathom spending that amount of money on one day. I can't. Well, you did a weekend, which is even cooler. At least you stretched it out. You know, tried to have fun. I want to know. You're someone who lives for experiences. You like doing it your own way. Yeah. What's an experience that exemplifies that? When you say you live for experiences, tell me about one of these standout experiences. One of my standout experiences. Well, we um, we committed to each other about three years into our relationship that every year we would take a really big trip. Trip like it doesn't matter what our finances are, you know, we would just make it work because, you know, especially once you hit thirty and you're a female, especially in my the type of family I have, everybody's like, when are you going to have baby? When are you going to have baby? When are you going to have baby? And I want to get in as much of the world as I can. So every single year for the past five years, we've gone on a massive trip. We just did Ireland. Uh, we're planning our big trip for this year. And we just committed to each other that even when we have kids, just once a year, you have to just take a big trip. Just see something you haven't seen. Go somewhere you haven't gone. Meet someone you haven't met because there's just... It's overwhelming how much there is out there that I haven't experienced. And being the second oldest, my mom was uh, very sick growing up. And I stayed home from school and didn't go away. And I took care of my family and raised my sisters. And I don't regret a minute of it, but this is the first time in my life since I got all of them into college and they're all into college. And I've, you know, paid for my sister's wedding. One's married. The rest of them are gone. I just want to, you know, see the life that I didn't get the college experience. I didn't get all that. So that's something that I've promised to myself every year. I will go somewhere now every year. That's cool. I just did Ireland too last year. It's awesome, right? The people are great. Oh, nicest people you ever met, but you're always about in the world. 20 seconds away from the saddest thing you've ever heard. I'm in. Let's do it. No, I mean in Ireland, everyone's so nice. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, you got to check this out go to this restaurant isn't that oh and there used to be a gallows here where they hung the catholics and you're like oh wow <laughs> the said you're like oh sweet those are my ancestors awesome yeah get blindsided i went to my grandfather's yeah. village though that was cool that must have been awesome yeah it was pretty head, head spinning but... no you go no i just said i have also a family there but i didn't go see them so you got the full experience i didn't get it where did you go where did you go in ireland we did um, Dublin, Kilkenny, Killarney, Galway, Dingle. We did like a big loop. That's cool. 
We did some of those places. Yeah, Galway and Dingle. We got those in common. We ended our trip in Dingle because we wanted to hang out with that dolphin, but dolphin. then it was the raining. Dolphin. It was raining. It was a dolphin. Yeah. Did you see the dolphin? It was when we went. I saw him, the, the dolphin statue. Does that count? No, oh, no. statue. I saw oh, the God. statue as well. Yeah, Dingle. It was raining so bad. Dingle's a great name for a place. Yeah, we were there pouring. Absolutely pouring. And all the restaurants and bars were closed down. So we had lunch in the grocery store that they have right in the middle of the right in the middle of the city. That's where we ate our lunch in the grocery store. <laughs> Galway was amazing though. Galway's the best. Galway was the best. Yeah. Every every pub you went into, they were having a music session as they call it. Yes. Everyone would just walk in and playing with their instruments. Oh, it was amazing. It was incredible. We went to one this guy, we go to this one uh, Galway pub where we heard there was really good music. Walk in. It's amazing. 20 people around a big table in the middle of the room, all different instruments. There's a guy, he's got a fiddle, and he's clearly the leader. And he was an Asian guy. And this is not notable when you live in America, but Ireland, there's not much, there's not yeah. as as much diversity, I would say. It's, and I, I, I don't think that that's a slam on Ireland. So we're like, who? This is cool. Like this Irish traditional music. I wonder what this guy's story is. And then we don't know what the guy must have recognized me in some way, and he thought he knew my oh, wife and I. He must have maybe he watched. He, he must watch some TV show I've done some dumb bit on. And he came up to my wife and I, and he's like, "Hey, I'm so glad you guys finally made it out, man. Good to see you. Good." To, and I was like, "What?" And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, we're real happy to be here. And then he real, I think he realized, oh, wait, I don't know who you are. And he kind of like shuffled away. And I was like, how did the, how did like a, an Asian guy with like a California surfer dude accent come to lead like a badass Irish traditional music roundup? And we looked him up. The guy's, he's like a badass. He's like played with like, a, I think like Yola really? Tango and like all these indie bands and stuff. Holy shit. Yeah. I never got... Chances. That's a Chris Gethard move. That was a Chris Gethard move. I don't... I never got to that the bottom of that. Me. Never got to the bottom of that. It's cool, though. Well, he's pretty much your new best friend, so you can find out. Well, I never spoke to him again. And that was a year ago. Man, that's crazy. That's... Nothing cool like that ever happened to me. <laughs> yeah, nothing cool ever happened to you. Every story you got is like a three-point <laughs> shot. Oh, man. I can't wait till my boyfriend hears the story and realizes that I told the car shit story. He's going to kill me. It's going to be awful. <laughs> How long does it take to get that smell out? How, what was the cleaning process on that? People are so mad we're oh going God, back to this. People are so furious we're even I talking know. about this again. I know. I know. I'm just going to – I'll close the door right after this. I, it was the middle of the winter. I left the windows <laughs> open <laughs> for like two days. <laughs> Lasting – Doing from work. It's an hour drive for me each way, and I just blasted heat. <laughs> windows open. Now, do you do you is do you take it to a car wash to use their heavy duty equipment there? Or are you too ashamed? You got to do it by hand no, in the driveway. I, I just did it in the driveway <laughs> in the snow. Stepped <laughs> <laughs> in my feet. And what's the product of choice? Are we talking uh, cloth upholstery, leather upholstery? What, what? Walk me through this. It's cloth. Cloth. I drive a nice uh, Toyota Corolla. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A nice, nice black upholstery. What color? What color is the exterior? I want to picture it in my mind. Oh, it's ultra white. <laughs> An ultra white Corolla, black upholstery. S type. It's supposed to be their sporty version. The sporty version, yes. And you get in, and it's snowing. Oh. So, 
Are you in the driver's seat leaning over onto the passenger seat? Do you have the door open, hands and knees outside to do the scrub? Passenger seat. I wanted to hide. I I even opened the back door. This is not a joke. When I was doing this, I opened the back door and the passenger's door to create like a little alcove for myself in case my neighbors walked out to see what I was doing. And what kind of a product? Harry, Harry in the booth just copied and pasted a picture of a white Toyota Corolla for me so I could see the sportiness of this car. Beautiful, Beautiful right? Car. Beautiful, Beautiful car. Got to keep that thing clean up. <laughs> what kind of product does one choose to wipe one's own feces off of car off of cloth upholstery in the Toyota Corolla? The story is going to keep getting worse, man. So I got... <laughs> We there's an Aldi by us that we go grocery shopping and they have this stuff called Fabuloso. Uh, uh-huh. And it smells like so potent, but we have two massive dogs. So if they ever, you know, like accidentally make it, you know, go to the bathroom in the house on accident or something, this stuff is so strong smelling that it just takes the smell out. So I fabuloso my car, which if we're going to be honest, that scent was almost worse than my own scent. So you're telling me that the same product you use to clean your dog's feces, you have also at times used to use. Why wouldn't it work? <laughs> I thought that was a steady stream of logic. And what do you, you get? A, you get cloths, you get sponges. What, what are we, what are we doing to get this stuff up? Oh, man, Chris, you know you're going to make me the most hated guest you've ever had on the show. We used, uh, I, I, I used um, some paper towels because I was panicking. Uh-huh. And then I had to go back in for, uh, for a, a sponge, uh-huh. which I obviously disposed of immediately after. Yeah, that, the, that one doesn't go back in the dish rack. That's not, that's not going back in. The anger level from my boyfriend was still high at this point, so I was I was also sneaking things out there to clean. <laughs> that might I be. I just texted him before oh, you... and told him I did the shit story, and he just texted me back and said, "I seriously hope you're fucking joking." <laughs> so this is gonna go over. Hold up. This is gonna go over real well. <laughs> That may be one of the worst attempts at a sexual encounter I've ever heard of. You know, it's definitely not my finest moment. I'm going to have to say that. Yeah. And you went and pet. There was no lovemaking did not ha- actually happen in the in light of all this. No, I, I, I'm real happy that he didn't. Yeah. Thank God. Because you were, gu- you were gunning for I it. I don't know that I want to have sex with me again. <laughs> I wouldn't. Two and a half minutes left, my friend. All right, Chris. Well, I just want to make a blanket apology to everyone listening if they were eating lunch on a lunch break. Uh-huh. Or Yeah, let's go over some of the common things people do. They do their dishes. They do their laundry. They go on a jog. Some people have told me, I guess it's marathon season. The Facebook group, I see people say, I'm training for a half marathon. I'm binging. I'm beautiful anonymous. So am I. What's that? I'm doing one in October. You are. You're doing a, what are you doing? A 5K? Half marathon? Half marathon. That's First cool. one. That's cool. Uh, yeah. This, none of those things that you just listed are going to be the proper place for someone to have listened to this episode. No, 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 no. A lot of people listen like uh, on their commutes to work in the morning in the cars that they are in, and they're going to have to be reminded. They're going to, li- a lot of people, no, gonna be, a lot of people, gonna, listen to it. <laughs> a lot of people are going to be driving to work, hear your story. And just offer a subtle glance over to their own passenger seat 
They're going to quietly shake did. their heads. I just did. <laughs> I just looked at mine. Are you? Oh, yeah, you're in your car. Are you yeah. in the Toyota Corolla where this happened? I'm in said Corolla. It's like Inception. <laughs> I'm telling the Corolla story. In said Corolla. Oh, oh I love it. Oh. I needed this. I needed this real bad. I didn't even know I needed this until I'm glad it happened. I give you some pictures, out, man. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad I could be that for you. Legit, thank you. I think uh, many people don't like the potty stuff as far as fans of the show go, but I can tell you, I thank you. I think this is definitely one of the funniest calls in the history of the show. Well, Chris, I appreciate that. Coming from you, that's a big up, and I appreciate that. And if I gross everyone out, you know, I'm just going to, I'll mute the comment thread on this ah, one if it ever goes to air. It. You can't worry about other people's opinions. Sometimes you just got to take a I, shit in your own car you and hold your I head do. up high. That's, that's my motto every day. Yeah. My motto. <laughs> yeah. It's mine I'm too. I'm a car shitter and I'm proud of it. I don't, yeah, I'm, a car, I'm a car shitter. I'm proud of it. I don't think I've ever taken a shit in a car. I took one on a, in, at a bus stop, but not on the bus. Ooh. Shitting your pants well, on a public bus has to be a <laughs> real low. Started the car with me peeing. We ended it with talking about my shit. Yeah. I mean, this is really well-rounded, I think. I would say, yeah, we covered all the bases. Piss and bases. shit. Those are the two bases, right? Piss, shit, Santeria, me not getting dumped, surprisingly. Getting punched in I the mean, face. How else could this go wrong? Caller, thank you for calling. Making me laugh that hard. Giving me an hour this week where all I had to do was sit back and laugh. It was so nice of you, and I'm so glad you called. And uh, thank you. And thanks to everybody who listened as well. Thanks to the people who helped build this show in the early days. The Reverend John Delore, Greta Cohen. Thanks to Casey Halford in the booth. Breaking the seal. First time we got Harry Nelson in the booth as well. And as always, thanks to my buddy Jared O'Connell. Thanks to Shell Shag for the music. You want to know about the dates when I'm out on the road, including some live Beautiful Anonymous uh, shows? ChrisGeth.com to find out about all that. If you like Beautiful Anonymous, go to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. It really does help so much. Thank you, guys. We'll be back next week with more phone calls. Are you or someone you know preparing for a standardized test? I'm talking about these ones with the acronyms, right? ACT, SAT, GRE, GMAT, LSAT, MCAT. Magoosh online test prep provides everything you need to get a great score with plans starting at just $79. You can get study schedules, practice questions, video lessons, and support from expert tutors. Just visit magoosh.com, enter promo code beautiful for a 20% off discount. That's M-A-G-O-O-S-H.com, promo code beautiful. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, someone who is seeing the immigration issue on the front lines lets us know what it's like from the inside. That's what you see, is family-driven people yeah. who work hard. That's what I see. That's why I don't get why people are so aggressive instead of being compassionate. Uh, yeah, I mean, it always it kind of you know, boggles my mind. And I don't know where this like, perception that, like, Hispanic people coming to this country are like lazy and, and, and are coming here to take advantage of the system. Like, that's not at all the case. <laughs>
coming here to this country to be an immigrant, like, it's a hard life. My mom, my uncle has done the same thing. My aunt, they've come to this country and have worked every single day and have been contributing members. They're, they're taxpayers. My, they own homes. They own cars. Like, you know, they're contributing members to the society. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous. I'm H. Michael Cray. And I'm Cuckoo Kulapilayasak, and we are the host of Who Charted, where we discuss the charts in pop culture and get to know our guests. Speaking of great guests, last week we had the wonderful Jason Manzoukas. I'm so excited about this one. I can't wait for everybody to hear it. We had such a good time with Jason. We spoke of... Uh, of, of all his work in movie and films, and we had a great time counting down the charts. So make sure you listen to us on Who Charted. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.